Off the Hook presents Talk That Talk, the official live fan call-in show. We're live on Spotify Green Room before and after every game. Join everyone to share your thoughts, voice your opinion, give your predictions, and most importantly, react live with fans all over the world. Why is the signal busy? Because we're off the motherfucking hook. If you like to talk that talk, follow, join the conversation, share the show, leave a comment, and most importantly, keep on talking in the free world. And we're live at five. This is Talk That Talk, the official live fan reaction call-in show, taking your calls before and after every TFC game. It's Saturday, February 12th, 2022. The final whistle is just getting ready to be blown. Wanted to get on here, get the link out to everybody so everyone can come in. This is hosted by Off The Hook. It's the platform for the people. This is the place. This is an opportunity for everyone to call in. All TFC supporters and fans, before and after every game, let your voice be heard, man. Men, women, children, say what's on your mind. Predictions, reactions. Everyone wants to talk about the starting 11. This is our first opportunity to get a look at the boys. It's a good game. We're going to get everyone in here now, take everyone's calls. The phone lines are always open. Before and after every TFC game, 30 minutes before and right after the final whistle. We'll send the link out. Okay, whistle is about to go. And there's a lot to talk about already. First game. First game in. Already a lot to talk about. Um, but friendly after all. There's going to be a little pause for about 30 seconds. Till we get everyone in here. And then we'll start. Okay, I'm just waiting for the final whistle. We had a, it was like a makeshift half because of the hailstorm. Listen, they look good. Everybody looks good. There's always going to be, uh, there's always going to be room for criticism, but it was so good seeing, it's so good seeing these guys back on the field. I jumped in a little bit early here, and uh, maybe next time I'll wait until the actual final whistle is blown. I thought it would have been blown already by now. We're already in the 95th minute. And uh, what the fuck they're waiting for? How much injury time is there in a preseason game? Again, this is 
Talk That Talk. It's hosted by Off The Hook, the platform for the people. The power has always been and will always be in the passion of the people. Talk That Talk is the official live fan reaction call-in show. Taking your calls before and after every TFC game. We're just getting started. But as the season goes on, everyone knows. There's emotions are running high before and after every game. Everyone wants to talk about it before the game. Everyone wants to debate the starting 11. Give their thoughts on what's about to unfold. Give their thoughts on who's playing, who's not playing, who should be playing. Looking back to the previous game, leading up to this game. And then, of course, after the game, everybody has a ton of opinions on what we all just watched. So we finally have the final whistle. I'm going to wait now, see if uh, Dominic comes in. And then we'll have a chat about what we just watched. Already, I mean, you know, everyone talks about staying even keeled throughout the season, not getting too high, not getting too low. (laughs) Fuck all that noise. I'm all about getting... Riding high and suffering through the lows. I'm all about peaks and valleys. That's why we're fans and not on the field. I w- so right now we're on top of the world. There's a lot of great things to talk about. A lot of great things happened this game. A lot of great, uh, lot of great looks from the players. Wholesale changes in what would have been half, and uh, a couple things couple things to identify there that uh, were mishaps, but pretty seamless transition as far as style of play. I would, I will say that because of uh, you could see Bob Bradley's coaching come through in the second half when he had the wholesale changes when, you know, obviously these are the players that are coming off the bench. Well, for now, anyway, I mean, it's a long road, but you could see, Bradley's influence on the team and their receptiveness to his influence as far as pace of play, link up play, passes, aggressive forward attack, even though we got exposed in the second unit. And then there's, well, it remains to be seen, but theoretically the quality of player is going to drop off in the second unit. And I say that because obviously in reality it does drop off, but this is the preseason. So we don't exactly know who are going to be the definitive starters and who aren't going to be. So, you know, we got sliced open a couple times in the second half. I'm just going to, I don't want to say too much until we get uh, Dom in here. We'll see if he's coming in. But good game. Good game. Got the win. Thanks to Ranjit Singh, my man standing on his head like uh, my boy from Columbia back in the day. That's two ridiculous saves. Should have never, ever been exposed that heavily on those two clean looks. But again, in the midfield, it was really in the midfield. I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, we were watching so quickly. It's hard to say who's really to blame there. It looked to me, it looked to me that the midfield were to blame there. It looked to me that Chicago came through the midfield and then yes, they sliced through all the defenders, but you know, it just looked like they moved through the midfield so quick and caught everybody off guard with that through ball. 
and it, you know, the defenders were looking to the midfielders to handle that because that's who, that's where the play was. That's what it looked like to me at first glance, but I'd have to watch it again, but that's what it looked like. And then Ranjit Singh coming up big, big, cold off the bench, cold, super cold in the hail. It's freezing. It's windy. He's been dying a slow death on the bench, comes in and makes two spectacular saves. And this is what we're looking for because Westberg getting up in age and then we are going to need to we are going to need somebody to fill that role. I saw someone pissing and balling online about Bono talking about his most overpaid keeper in MLS. And I saw someone else showing him a bunch of love saying, is it a return to glory? Listen, Bono played well. We could talk forever about the keeper situation and how that's all going to unfold. But Bono did play well. He made the problem is, is that, you know, it's the attention to detail on a couple of things. Like he made a, a few great saves early on, but if you can't gather the ball, then you're going to have to, you can't push the ball. If you're going to punch, well, he didn't, he just pushed the ball back out again. If you're going to push the ball back out, you can't push it out directly into the box, into the middle of the box for attackers to have another crack at it, which he did again. He did it twice. He pushed it out. And then the set first crack was right back at him again. And then the second one went wide. And then the commentator talking about, is it in? And we don't have the benefit of uh, goal line technology when it went off the front of the post. Come on, man. Talking foolishness. All right. I don't know if Don's going to join us, so I'm going to take it from the top. Again, for everyone listening, this is Talk That Talk, the official live fan reaction show. Taking your calls before and after every TFC game hosted by Off The Hook, the platform for the people. Again, talk that talk, often imitated, never duplicated. We're the only ones on here in the Spotify green room, pre and post game for the official live fan reaction show. It's a beautiful thing. It's an opportunity to come in before the game. We talk starting 11. Callers, where are you at? This is, we're on Twitter. We're putting out the link before and after every game. And then once you come in here, Follow off the hook on Spotify Green Room and turn the notifications on. And then you don't have to worry about finding the live link when it comes up. You'll get the notification that we're live. But we're live 30 minutes before and 30 minutes after. Game started off. Listen, the star, no question, no question, stars of the game, two stars, Schaffelberg and Marshall Ruddy. I mean, does Bob Bradley know what's up or what? We wanted, we were wondering what Bob Bradley was going to look like coming in. We had a long track record, so we were. everyone was optimistic that it was the best thing that ever happened to us. I've said a million times that, I mean, this is what we needed, and it's the best thing for the club, us signing Bradley. So, again, Bradley as the manager, I should say. And, I mean, paying dividends early. He's identified we were apprehensive when we lost our left back, we lost our right back, and then we're left with nothing. And then everyone was worried. I mean, we lost Richie out of our hands. And then we voluntarily loaned out Oro. So this is why. You know, Bradley also, he said on multiple occasions on how much uh, tape he's watched for uh, the CPL. And then, of course, TFC. And then, of course, MLS in general. But him coming in, identifying Schaffelberg and Marshall Ruddy to put them in those positions. And obviously to have confidence in them. He's starting them there. They... You can't say you can't pour enough praise on these guys. You can't. When you're tackling hard and you're the last person back on the left and the right, you're confident. You're not overcompensating. They weren't reckless tackles. Both of them super, super involved 
in the play offensively. Both of them overlapping, and not just overlapping, just just pulling up into the wide positions in the midfield. They were constantly playing a couple yards ahead of uh, Mavinga and Salcedo, constantly. And the balls were getting distributed to them from the midfield and then from the back out wide to both of them. And they were both carrying the ball. Schaffelberg up wide, crosses in early, crosses in late. He crossed the entire game. And again, I said that from the very first time I saw this guy play, is that he was going to be a massive, massive part of TFC. I said he was on a one-way ticket to uh, the English Premier League when it's all said and done. I know some people might think that is outrageous, but I don't believe so. He's only 21 years old, and he's rugged. He's energetic. He's coachable. He has a good attitude. He two-way player. You can see, you see how offensive he is. And if this comes to fruition and he really turns into a stellar left back, you know he's going to be a hot commodity globally, period. And he's just getting started. And then Marshall Ruddy, we already know. I mean, this kid's 17 years old. This kid's a baby. And everyone is already singing his praises. Everyone was already saying that, you know, he was on an inevitable move to Europe. Even as soon as this year, some people thought. And this one, he wasn't even fucking playing this position. Now this guy is adding a new wrinkle. If he turns around and thrives here, then it just puts another feather in his cap, another tool in his toolbox, and another opportunity for him to continue to grow his game. Bradley has just done a phenomenal job. I could go on and on, talk the entire time about that. Again, this is Talk That Talk, the live fan reaction call-in show before and after every Toronto FC game. Taking your calls, hosted by Off the Hook, the platform for the people. Talk That Talk is often imitated, never uh, often imitated, never duplicated. Callers, you want to follow on Spotify Green Room and turn the notifications on. That way you get the live notification when we're on before and after every game. The point is not for me to ramble on. We want to take as many calls as possible. This is an opportunity for Toronto FC fans to call in. You don't need you don't need to be at home. You can be on the move. All you need is your phone. Call in. Give your opinion on the game. We're here right afterwards so you can voice your opinion, share your thoughts with everybody. So, like I said, Marshall Ruddy. I mean... Fuck, man, this guy, he cared. There were many times there we received the ball back to play. And he was, so he had his back to, he had his back to the play. He was able to maintain possession, shielding, head up, either distributing back to the defenders to Salcedo or had the confidence to turn and then either carry an attack upfield or distribute. I mean, you just can't say enough. You can't say enough. So it looks like then... He jumped up. He he had an opportunity too late where he carried the ball, went through the middle, looked like, and it was even with the left. He had an attempt. It looked like he was going to shoot, tried to shoot or try to put it through. I don't know exactly what it was, but regardless, you're talking about someone stepping up into the offense constantly. And then Schaffelberg, again, his bread and butter. I love the way, you know, I know people always want everyone to do everything. You know, yes, it's good to expand you know, in moderate steps, as long as you're not sacrificing what your bread and butter and your foundation is. And Schaffelberg knows that. That's Nova Scotia in the house. He knows that. He sticks to the wide play and swinging in wide balls. And then there were two that he swung in early on the ground and tried to tried to splash them across the face of goal, and they got intercepted. There was another one that he put through uh, to the far post. I mean, he was at it immediately. The first eyes we get on this guy, immediately, as soon as the game starts. Never, ever, ever, ever disappoints. Um, Michael Bradley, 
Listen, the best thing that ever happened to him is his father coming back at this stage of his career because last year was a disaster and he checked out. Now he's back to doing what he does best, sitting in front of the four defenders, playing in a stopper position, collecting balls, trying to break up play, and then quick distribution, short passes, something that you don't normally want to see. You want someone, why would you pass it to someone right next to you? Not in this case, is that you got Bradley collecting the balls and distributing it to the center midfielders and allowing them to do what they do best. Whereas before this fucking idiot Armis had fucking Bradley wanting him to fucking dribble up and attack players thinking he's fucking Zidane. Anyway, fuck Chris Armis if you're out there and listening. So it's good to see Bradley doing what Bradley does. And for all those people that are shitting on Bradley, you have no idea what you're talking about. No idea at all. You're looking at him through the wrong lens. If you're looking at him at the proper lens, which is that he is your stopper sitting in front of the defenders doing what I just said, he, he is a massive asset to it and a massive asset to us and a massive asset to any MLS team, period. Osorio. Osorio, I said during the last few windows, particularly the last window with Team Canada, I don't know where it came from. He talked about it for years, but then it was just buried. He turned into just a, you know, a work rate player who was breaking up play. And then, you know, every now and again, right place, right time, poacher number one, tapping in goals. He did make, he does make good runs as far as finishing his runs to the far post. However, the offensive Osorio that we heard that he was going to be and talk and everyone was talking about never, ever materialized with team Canada he started to distribute a little bit. You know, we're not talking anything crazy, but the creative plays were there, head up and looking to distribute forward and looking to create and just more offensive-minded. I mean, I could, I'd like to see him way more offensive-minded, but we'll take what we can get at this stage. And then I said on the pre-show, I believe, or just talking offline, I said that this is what I was looking to see if there was going to be a continuation with TFC because if there was going to be, I mean, this would, A, keep him on the field, which is what he wants, but B, it would add an element that we're missing. We're missing a creative mid. Now, in the end, we are going to need a creative mid, and that is going to be one of our that is going to that continues to be our biggest search in my opinion along with obviously a true outright goal scoring striker which we may have so we'll talk about that in a moment but in the min- in the meantime if Osorio's able to do this and Bob Bradley when he was on Tim and Friends early in the season that well preseason not preseason fuck when he got signed you know what i mean is that uh that interview was very telling and i said to Dom i said you know Bradley spoke specifically about Osorio. He specifically named him by name or called him by name, spoke about Canada's journey to the, a possible World Cup berth, which is going, which is now an inevitable World Cup berth. And looking forward to being a part of that journey with Osorio and helping him along that journey. So right then and there, you knew what Bradley thought of Osorio and he's definitely instilled a lot of confidence, not saying Osorio lost confidence, but I believe he lost his offensive confidence or his offensive dream or thought process or whatever. Osorio Bradley has been a part of restoring that. You can see that. And today, um, now fuck Pozuelo, who, we're hoping is going to return to form. But even when he was in form as an MVP, he still wasn't the most offensive guy and the most offensive midfielder that you would want. He really wasn't. And then today, again, there were two times early where he didn't shoot. 
I mean, clear looks at the net and within range, it didn't shoot. Then one free kick to the right side, didn't shoot. Tried to swing it in. I know it's windy. Regardless, he still should have had a crack on net. Didn't shoot. Swung it wide in the wind. Then the second free kick, when he finally had, when he finally decided he was going to shoot, it was in such close range. And then he should have curled that inside foot far post. And instead, the fucking guy uh, hammered it into the wall. So uh, he's going to have to figure it out, man. He's going to have to think more offensively. And then there was another play where he was carrying it and penetrating into the box. And then instead of instead of having a shot, he passed it. No, the free kick is what I'm talking about. When he had the free kick, the final free kick that he had, or the second last free kick he had, instead of uh, having a shot, he just uh, passed it out wide. Anyway. I'm trying to remain optimistic for Pozuelo, but uh, there's some issues. There's some offensive issues that need to be rectified. So we'll see what happens. And, again, this is Talk That Talk, the official live fan reaction call-in show, before and after every Toronto FC game, taking your calls, hosted by Off the Hook, the platform for the people. Toronto FC's fans, this is the opportunity for you to speak your piece Call in. Tell us what you think of the game. There's a lot of chatter on Twitter. That's not, you guys are going to send out all the tweets. We're connecting with everyone on Twitter to make sure that everyone knows that you have an opportunity. You don't just have to. You don't have to come on camera. There's an opportunity to let your voice be heard. You know, you don't have to. Uh, you don't have to vent on Twitter. Only this is an opportunity to speak too. We all vent on Twitter, and that's what it's there for. It's a beautiful thing. But now you get to let your voice be heard as well. So. Quick rundown from beginning to top, from beginning to end. Grassroots soccer, like you know, the commentator. I had no use for the commentator. I loved the fact that it was windy, that it was hailing, that uh, you see the cars parked, the chain link fence. Grassroots soccer, you know, it's nostalgic. It's what this is. This is where it starts. This isn't. We're not in the season, and I enjoyed it. And I, I, I believe the players enjoy that type of atmosphere. Obviously, they don't want to be freezing cold and having hail hit them in the face. But I do believe they enjoy that atmosphere as well. And uh, But the no numbers on the shirts. Come on, man. Or were there numbers, but they were darker colors? I don't fucking know. But not having numbers on the shirt? And how are you supposed to know? How are we supposed to know who's who with that kind of like, – come on, man. At least Chicago had the numbers, and the commentator totally shit the bed. He didn't know when we made the wholesale changes. He didn't know who was coming on. Twitter had to tell him. TFC posted the starting 11. I'm just pissed poor uh, performance by the commentator. I already spoke about um, – I already spoke about uh, Schappelberg and Marshall Ruddy. Bradley wasn't having it early when they gave him a hard tackle. You see that – see that fire back in Bradley. Kerr, listen, man. We're looking for you to do good things, but you can't be pissing the ball into the referee. Like, like you can't be complaining to the referee uh, every time you're getting any kind of physical contact. Twice, Kerr should have pushed through with physicality. Instead, he's looking to the referee, pissing and balling. Not good, man. You're a big boy. Push through, and especially you're trying to find your spot there. Push through. There's no scenario where you should be going down. And then later on, uh, Rashawn, when he got subbed in, and I mean, we just drafted him. Rashawn, you were just drafted. You're coming in off the bench. We drafted you for a reason. Obviously, there's love there for you. 
the first look that we get at you and the very first time that you actually touch the ball offensively, your hands go up in the air and you're looking at the referee to help you out. Chill the fuck out, man. No one wants to see it. No one wants that type of attitude. You, again, you need to push through and put your head down. That's not that's not going to get you where you where you need to be. And then I spoke about Bono with the great saves, which which were great. The goal, 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 goal. The goal by uh, the, that goal. Biggest two pieces of that goal were Osorio and Schaffelberg. I mean, it was uh, it was created by Osorio, which was again a pr- impressive. Going back to what I said before, it really is impressive. We need we need something from the midfield. And I don't want to get crazy when I'm talking about Osorio saying that, you know, this is what is something he's going to keep up. I don't know. But I know that he looked good. And he was the, he was the integral part of that play creatively. And then when it did go through, quick play by Bradley, but then when it did go to Pozuelo, again, he should have been the one to put the ball out wide to Schaffelberg. Instead, he just passes it right in front of him to Nelson. And good looking out for Nelson. Quick play out wide to Schaffelberg. When that should have, he should have, we should have skipped that step. That should have been Pazuelo that put it out there. But I don't know, man. I don't know what happened. The guy's lost. And then quick cross in by Schaffelberg, which is his forte. And then in the end, Jesus with the finish. Bounced around a little bit, but regardless, he got his. And we're, I mean, I'm looking for Jesus and Akinola to be our strikers. And in a perfect world, that's who those are our strikers to the end. There is no, the search continues and we'll see what happens in July in a perfect world. If that doesn't happen, we got Peruzza and Achara coming off the bench. Uh, so we do have some depth there, but I really am looking for Jesus and Io to give us the MLS's back Io. And I was disappointed in, well, I don't know if I was disappointed. I don't know how much Shane O'Neill was involved uh, in those two debacles defensively. I didn't really see him in the picture. I don't know. I don't really know how much he was involved in those two situations. But I was expecting him to be, oh, we got a Dominic sighting. Yo, what's going on, man? They still mute. What were you saying? I was working and we're at, um, uh, and I was actually on the phone at the same time. And I was like, "Man, this game's wrapping up." It was such an odd thing, too, because it was like, "How many minutes left? Like, which way are they headed now? Which players, which players are on the field?" Yeah, it was like three teams out there or something. Yeah, it was it, it was all over the place. I was just uh, I was just finishing a thought about Shane O'Neill, and then please give me your thoughts. Is that I was saying is that I was looking forward to, and I still am looking forward to big things from Shane O'Neill. I'm not Mavinga's number one fan by any stretch of the imagination, and uh, I was hoping that maybe Shane O'Neill might give us some of that traditional stay-at-home defender in the middle. But I, I said I don't know if he was involved in those two debacles in the second half that Ranjit Singh had to pull a fucking rabbit out of a hat and save them. That's all I was saying. And then, I mean, I was just, I was just rambling on. What do you think? What are your thoughts? I thought, yeah, I thought, um, I mean, playing center back, a lot of that's pure communication and him normally probably being the big dog down at Pacific FC and maybe just having a miscommunication of, 
of, you know, between him and his others. Who was his other center back? There was somebody else beside him. With It's hard to tell their numbers were not on their backs. Yeah, so when they came in, when they came in. Was that Caden Chung? No, it was Shane O'Neill and Lucas McNaughton in the middle. Now, this is what I'm piecing together. Like you said, the fucking commentator didn't know his head from his ass. Plus, we didn't have the numbers, but at the very least, he should be aware of what's going on. I think Caden Chung was on the right. Petrasso was on the left. Those are the two Pacific FC guys. And then O'Neill in the – I think O'Neill center and then McNaughton center. That's what I thought. I don't know. That's what it looked like to me. Yeah, it just looked like two guys that were probably didn't know who was the boss in the midfield to me. That's what they, someone's got to take charge there and say, you know, I know both guys are on one guy's on trial, one guy's on contract. Someone eventually has to uh, um, take take charge. Uh, what happened to Solcido? Did he? Have- I don't know. So that's the thing is that so I only st- like you know the I don't know what happened. So the commentator, I don't even know if the commentator communicated it, and you don't know who's on the field and who's not on the field because you don't know anyone's fucking number. I don't even recognize people when I see them. I don't okay. know. Um, that said, Jaquil looked pretty good. I mean, there was no one burning up his wing, but there was a couple of shoulder tackles that he got he got in on, and he looked good going forward. Um. He looked more versatile than – not that – Richie was great, but he just looked more versatile than Richie, like meaning that he felt more comfortable coming into the middle of the park at their 30 or 40, not just burning up the wing. Like, you know, he just looked like he was able to cut in a lot of ease, just, just smoother, like a more like a midfielder would cut into the middle of the park and look up in the middle. Um, just different, actually. Not not better, just different. Um, and uh, – I like that kid. I like that's a cl- that's a classic. Sorry, sorry to interrupt for one second. That's a that's a classic kicking and screaming line. Not bad, but, but different. That's Will Ferrell's line from kicking and screaming. But yeah, go on. Classic line. Wait, was it again? And when, and kicking and screaming. Will Ferrell, when he's the coach, he's like better but different. Yeah. No, uh, different but better. And it just fucking gets caught. He gets. <laughs> but that's what that makes me think of. But yes, I agree 100%. And the irony is the guy's fucking 17 years old. The guy looks like a poised veteran out there. Looks like he's been doing it for 50 years. Yeah, give him another two years and he'll actually be even stronger in that frame. Like yeah. he might even be. You went on mute, Tom. Sorry, man. I just thought he, he's probably going to get a little bit yeah, bigger in terms of size. So, Yeah, I, I agree. Like you said, is that I was saying at the beginning is that, you know, Schaffelberg and Ruddy were the star, Marshall Ruddy were the stars of the game. And exactly like you said, is that he played a couple times. He had a couple balls played to him, or numerous balls where he had back, his back to the play. He was able to shield the ball, distribute back, but confident enough to turn. With turn because they're playing a they're playing a couple yards ahead of those center defenders. So confident enough to turn, attack the space in the middle of the field. And I mean, he's you said it last year when you saw him a few times saying that you know um, I think you might even said it offline. We're talking today is that you know his strides. It's like he glides. It's like it's not. You did say that, and it's like he's not moving fast. He's not moving slow. It's just a smooth, effortless type of stride. And when you said that, that was on my mind when I was watching that. And that's exactly right. That's what it looks like. Yeah, I'm muting him, man. Yeah, I think he runs smoother than some. 
And he just, and it's tricky because you don't know how fast he really is. Yeah. He, he looked, you know, he looked phenomenal. What'd you think of, uh, so I, when I was going through everybody, we talked about those two. I was, uh, I was singing the praises of Osorio. Remember I was saying to you is that in Team Canada, creatively, even though he wasn't lighting the house on fire, it's that the, it's the most creative I've seen him possibly ever. And I was wondering if we were going to benefit from that at TFC. Today, I thought he was, I thought he was the, the key to that goal. And again, he had a couple distribution plays. I think, I think there's, um, he's feeling like two things. One, he needs to be able to push, push the ball forward and he's given freedom to do so. Right. And before last year, the ball only came, the ball only came forward up the wings. Right. And, um, he just had freedom yeah. to push forward. I think actually, honestly, I think all guys had freedom to move the ball forward, like take steps forward, go forward like today. And I think that was kind of fun to see. It looked like fast and then like all the young guys didn't look too hesitant up top anyways of trying to get that box moving. Um, get the get get the ball moving into the box. Really, it was it was, you know, pretty. Um, but but he looked he looked steady. He looked steady at times when he was moving forward. I was like, is that Pozo or is that Oso? It's hard to tell at this point in time, right? Um, but yeah, it looked good. He looked good. He looked. He always looks. He always looks good. I think. I don't know if last year he was like just super pissed at what was going on. Or if he was fighting for a spot between Marky and Ralph and Pozuelo and being pushed off to the right side, um, like if he just got uncomfortable like playing. Um, yeah. And when he gets put on the lineup, I, I, honestly, I think everyone on the field feels a little bit better knowing that Oso's on the park in the park. You know. Yeah. So I agree with all of that, and I think that. You know, I mentioned to you before, I mentioned it earlier in this before you came on as well, that, you know, when Bob Bradley did that interview on Tim and Friends when he first signed, he spoke about Osorio by name. I don't even know. There was only a couple people he spoke about by name, and he was one of them and talked about how impressed he was with them and gonna look, looking forward to working with him on his journey to a World Cup berth with Team Canada, blah, blah, blah. So that let me know that not only was Osorio not going anywhere, but that he was a target in Bradley's mind to start. And the thing is, is exactly like you said, I liken it to the effect that Bradley has on the team is that people want to shit on certain aspects of these games, but everybody on the field cannot be doing everything and everybody cannot have every skill. People have to have roles. My problem with Osorio is that I wanted that role to involve more offensive play because I didn't want him to go the way of Delgado, which is fucking adios. Because the thing is, is that if all you can do is break up play, you're a dime a dozen. So. I feel like Bradley has probably instilled some confidence and tried to light that, ignite that fire again offensively for Osorio because now, you know, this is a whole window in Team Canada that we've seen it. And now, even though it's only one game preseason, he made a couple key plays today. And that play, quick play by Bradley, but that play was created by Osorio. And then when it eventually went through Bradley, fucking uh, Pozuelo, and Nelson, Schaffelberg crossed it in. Yeah, and um, I think there was a shot on target, or the goalie he forced the goalie to make a diving save as well, and that that came from somewhat a distance. I think it came from the top of the eighteen. Um, yeah, I think to be honest with you, as a starting point, I mean it's Chicago Fire. They, you know, it's a it's a shitty pitch. Um, 
I, I, I liked what Kerr looked like. Uh, there was another guy. Like, he looks he looks strong for a young kid, Kerr. Um, it, it, you know, it's funny you say that because I, I agree he does look strong, and I did like the opportunities he was getting. But I was shitting on him earlier for kind of the exact same things that the things that we liked about him is that. So here you are, you know, you're given an opportunity for a spot. I can't have you going down at the drop of a hat or looking to the referee for calls, man. You're a big boy. You got to throw people off and persevere. You should be knocking people over. They shouldn't be tearing you down. You damn sure shouldn't be looking to the referee. Yeah, I think he slowed up. Yeah, maybe. that was it. He slowed yeah, up. Is that what you're talking about? Uh, I don't think it was. I, I don't know if he slowed up thinking. I, I wouldn't have slowed up. I, I would have just. You, you should get a shot off. I mean, the defender. You had you had space yeah. between me, you and the defender, you, and you're inside the box. Um, I think he wants that one back. Yeah, but yeah, it's preseason. I don't think you're looking for creating PK opportunities in preseason when you're dead square on the goalie. But I mean, I don't know about that. But that is, it, it, it's hard to say. It was hard to say to be honest with you, but. I did like him though. I did like him, and it did look. Uh, yeah, I did too. I liked his positioning. And I liked the fact, like he was, he was in the right. He, the opportunities were there via his gameplay, so that was good. I, I agree. I was saying the same thing about Rashawn when he came in. You know, with the second unit, you know, you're just drafted again. Obviously, the team loves you, but exactly like you said, is that it's preseason, and especially you're new to the team, you should be looking at every opportunity to prove yourself. Nothing else. It should be, if I'm not dead, I'm not going down. And Rashawn, the very first time we saw this guy touch the ball offensively, you know, his hands are up and he's pissing the ball into the referee about about physicality. Those those things I don't like, but, I mean, obviously I had the game overall was there's a lot way more, but there's hardly any negative. It was all positive. Yeah, yeah, and it was entertaining too. I think all guys are trying to push forward. Jimenez looked like... Like he um, fit in nicely, you know, and he, and he knows what to do when he gets in certain spots. Right. So, um, yeah, he looked pretty clean. Pedrosso looked, um, was it, he looked good up top. Not Pedrosso. Was it Pedrosso that got up top or J- J- Peruzza? Yeah. Yeah. So Peruzza was up there. The, he the he second got, he got half. Out of a tight little then, spot. And- he got out of a tight spot with the ball. Two or three guys are on top of him. Yeah. And, you know, just speaking about, uh, Speaking about Jesus, like he had a beautiful ball into Kerr, and then Kerr made a nice play to Nelson. That's when Nelson opened up inside foot. I mean, he should have finished it. It should. He, that's the right move. I mean, you are you do open up inside foot far post, best goal in soccer by a landslide. But he he opened up a little bit too early, telegraphed a little bit too much, and even right, and then yeah, he, did. and he didn't put enough power on it. But he did. He telegraphed it, and it wasn't enough power. Yeah. Um. Any, I think well, great if, idea. If I'm not mistaken, he even put it. He even put it near the goalie's hands. If you're gonna, you know what I mean. Like it's either got to be like up yes. top and going high, or it's got to be down low and it's a kick save and it's rebounding. Exactly. You know, it's rebounding nicely. Exactly. To your teammate. Or when he when that ball first hit his foot, he should have just powered it into the near post, all aces near post. But he's doing the right things. He's doing the right things. Yeah, exactly. And this, exa- in this game that he did yeah. in the past. That's my boy, man. I got love for him. I was happy to see him. I was disappointed in that play, and you're right. I mean, he put it right in the keeper's sweet spot, but um, he did look good. That was Kerr. That was Kerr feathering him a pass. Yeah, exactly. That was, yeah, exactly. That was Jesus to Kerr to, to uh, Nelson. They look good, and Nelson was involved in that quick layoff to Schaffelberg from 
Pozuelo, truth be told, Pozuelo should have put that ball. They should have skipped that step, but Pozuelo didn't have his head up. He should have had his head up, and, and he should have been the one to give it to Schaffelberg. But Nelson, although I love him for 1v1 skills, is that today, it kind of like maybe Bradley has him understanding that you got to pick your spots. Hey, hit some, hit some, hit some, hit some gaps. Yeah. He, he looked yeah. good. He did look good. Yeah, they, he, he did. Actually, you know, like you said, like it, it's really hard to say, oh, this guy over this guy, because everyone actually really was playing uh, um, for this time of year. Uh, positive football, man. That's it. You know what I mean? Like they were playing some good football. So it's nice to see. And it's, you know what? It's good. And that, Danny said it years ago is you got to have those inner battles and in, in, for guys fighting for spots or else it's, it's, um, it's just too easy. They just come and grab. And we think that's, we think that only happens at the youth level, right. To get the best out of a kid or a teenager. But you know, these, the TFC was, a, there was a year that, you know, who, who was fighting for who was fighting for Javinko or Altador's spot? Nobody. It was just that was a no-brainer. Who was taking Bradley's spot or Oso's spot or Marky's spot? No brainer. Yeah. Right? It's just uh but yeah. With these kids, there's a couple of guys that really look good that I was probably looking going, man, I gotta clean up my shit because these guys are coming. Yeah, like you know, and when the you know, when the second unit came in. Is that the one thing I would say? I mean, uh, even though we have, don't have definitive "quote unquote" starter, we do for some positions, but not all positions. Starters and and bench warmers. It the, theoretically we do. Theoretically, that's what's going to look like. I mean, this is what Bradley's hoping for. But you saw. So even though there's a drop off in, in "quote unquote" talent with the second unit, you saw Bradley's coaching. You saw co- Bradley's coaching reflected in the second unit where. Again, it was all positive play. It was all forward play. It was all quick decision-making. It was all link-up passing. It was play in to get out wide and then put it back in or go right through the middle with the through balls. Like It was all the same stuff. So everyone is on the same page. And for the most part, everyone had their head up. It's just that those two scenarios where, you know, we got completely exposed right down the middle, two through balls that just, you know, were especially the first one was outrageous. but. And then, you know, there's a lot of shit going on in the keeper position, man. You have Bono, lights out in the first half, even though I know I'm nitpicking, but, you know, when he made those two saves, you're going to push the ball out. Both times he pushed it right back out in the middle of the box, and that gave the opportunity. You can't fucking do that. If you can't gather it, you got to push it out to the side. You can't be giving him another crack. And then he's the punch out was okay, but he's kind of weak on it. But then you got Ranjit Singh coming in there in, in the freezing cold in a hailstorm and comes on there and looking like the Colombian kingpin keeper from back in the day, man. <laughs> Two ridiculous saves. You saw those, right? Hold on, Shane. Hold on. Yeah. I gotta I gotta I gotta fly because I gotta take these kids to a, a friendly hockey game. So that's what I've been told. I gotta I gotta fly. But yeah, it okay. was um it was good. It was good. You posting this up? Yeah, I'm posting it up right away. So until next time, keep on talking in the free world. Off the Hook presents Talk That Talk, the official live fan call-in show. We're live on Spotify Green Room before and after every game. Join everyone to share your thoughts, voice your opinion, give your predictions, and most importantly, react live with fans all over the world.
Why is the signal busy? Because we're off the motherfucking hook. If you like to talk that talk, follow, join the conversation, share the show, leave a comment. And most importantly, keep on talking in the free world.